Good morning. Today's podcast is going to be a little bit different. I'm going to attempt to interview someone. In fact, someones. It's a couple, a gay couple from Seattle. There are Airbnb guests in my home this week and super interesting. They're very cool guys and I want you to hear a little bit of their story. Now as a backdrop for this interview, I came out in midlife, very midlife. <laughs> After I got divorced, I figured out I was gay. So for years, I belonged to the, a group called the Gay Fathers of Seattle. And that was midlife guys coming out, getting divorced. A lot of those guys damned the day that they got married. I'd never felt that way. I've got three sons, and how could I wish that they don't exist? That That's impossible for me. However, I've had a bit of remorse over the years because I look at the 20-something guys who are totally comfortable with who they are and they fall in love and they have partners and they get married and that is was so foreign to me back then now i look at some of these guys and they, they come in their airbnb guests or i have friends and they're in their mid-20s and you know they're all happy and it's just normal for them so i want to get a little bit of their perspective and i'm going to uh talk to them today about it here we go well, hello, I'm here with Peter and Andrew from Seattle. They're my Airbnb guests, really cool guys. I've fallen in love with them this week. So uh, Andrew, say hi. Hey there. And Peter. Hi there. All right, one of the things I wanted to talk about was my generation versus your generation. All of us are gay, obviously, but um, I wanted to talk about what it's like nowadays compared to what it was like back in my day. So obviously guys in my generation, a lot of them got married and they hid who they were. So tell, just tell me a little bit about each of you. Tell me your backgrounds, a little bit about you. And either one of you can start. Want to go first, Peter? Yeah, well, I grew up in rural Montana, town of 3,000 people. So uh, definitely like one of those stereotypical, no one really in my community to look up to. But so it was a little bit hard like growing up in that atmosphere, but I uh, found my way to Washington, a much more liberal state. And met Andrew in Seattle uh, after like a month of living there and it, we just instantly clicked and we were really able to just live our best gay lives in Seattle and pretty cool. good. Andrew where are you from what's up so I'm <laughs> so I'm adopted from Russia but I grew up in uh, Wisconsin so right around Milwaukee if anyone knows where that is um, so it's a pretty cool place I mean people are pretty understanding in Wisconsin but once you leave the cities, it can get a little bit more conservative and you kind of have to hide who you are a little more. And originally before moving to Washington, I went to school in Utah, which actually was quite a culture shock. I didn't expect the conservative culture that kind of comes along with uh, the Mormon church in Salt Lake City. Um, and then moving to Washington was definitely a breath of fresh air. And it was really nice to meet Peter and finally not have to wear uh, so much sunscreen and chapped lips and things of that sort in Utah. <laughs> Deserts, so. And where did you actually meet? Um, we met at a bar called Witness. Um, it's in mm -hmm. Capitol Hill. Um, yeah, it's yeah. right on the right on Broadway, kind of in the in the you know Capitol is like the gay part of Seattle, and so right. we, it's kind of a southern themed place and has rotating cocktails. And is that the Jehovah Witness bar? Oh wait, wait. <laughs> I've always kidding. wondered. I'm so. kidding. <laughs> I wonder though that it, you could put Jehovah's ahead. That would be um, bad. Though they, I don't think they drink. I'm not sure. But, oh yeah. But okay. We we really delicious clicked. drinks though. Like we each yeah. had like three drinks and talked for like oh yeah I would say two hours just sitting there and oh, yeah. then walked around the park and we, we kept... were friends for a while at first but then we realized after you spend more time at another's house like you should probably just consolidate 
apartments and just live yeah. in one and <laughs> make it work. So that's, that's the money saving think. aspect, huh? I mean, that's the money. That's I mean, the money that, but also the love aspect. Uh, it's really yeah. just could not spend a night apart. <laughs> I mean, yeah. There was a moment. So I had a boss. I We both moved to Washington and we both started our first jobs out of college, undergrad, um, on the same day. And that was the same day as our first date at the Witness oh. Place in Seattle. Right. So mm-hmm. it was a really good time and we were explaining everything. And so the boss I had there knew about Peter from the very beginning. And so she heard all the background through the whole time as we were friends and everything and there was one time where I just I remember I turned to her and I was like you know I just I, just, I love him you know and I, I I didn't I just didn't know what felt else to natural. say yeah it just everything fell into place and we didn't think that we were ready at times but yeah. it just kind of happened and that's how you know so when you said told her I love him how long had you known him oh, I'd say f- four or five months would you say? Okay, so I'd it say. wasn't like a week later. No, no, no. <laughs> no, it took us a couple months. Yeah. There are things about each other that, I mean, we definitely are different in ways. And mm-hmm. so I think we complement each other versus, you know, duplicate each other, which is good for us. Well, you definitely complement each other. Yeah. Well, I've told you, as you've stayed here, it's been really fun watching you. You get along so well. Thanks. In fact, the other day I asked, do you ever, do you guys ever fight? <laughs> oh, yes. I mean, we do, like anyone, you it's know. It's how but... you recover, not... Okay, let, let's have a fight. No, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Get out. No, kidding. So how did your how did your families take coming up? Um, mine were not very accepting at first. I mean, it's a very evangelical Christian household that I grew up in. And yeah, I mean, it was some tough conversations, um, having to feel like I had to convince them that it was a phase. And then... Wait, you tried to convince them it was a phase? Oh, yeah. That, that was Did my you know solution. it was not a phase when you said yes, it's a phase? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I knew that it was like more than that. I knew that I didn't like women. Like when you hit puberty and you realize, like, oh yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was pretty confidently gay. I'm I'm definitely a six on the Kinsey scale. <laughs> so you were you had to work their way into it, is what you're saying? Yes. Sort well, of. I mean, I didn't lose my virginity until age eighteen when I left. No, but I mean, college, with, with so. your folks. I mean, when you were saying it's a phase, when you knew it wasn't, so you want you were kind of phasing them into it, right? I suppose, but really it was me just trying to survive in their household, like, until I could leave for college. Okay. They didn't understand, but my sister, luckily, who, you know, left for the East Coast for college and came back, like, she was, she had gay friends, and she was able to really help stabilize my family dynamic, I'd say. She laid down the law. (laughs) Yeah, she's like, no, this is human, you know, it's only human. She told your parents that? Yeah, she stood up for me. So she was an advocate. She was. That's good. And she's not a lesbian. No. No. Well, cool. She lives in Austin. She's super cool. Very artsy. Yeah. Well, people from Austin are artsy and cool anyway. No, exactly. Generally. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, Andrew, what about your family? Um, I think they knew when I got a... I think they knew when I was younger and I got a pink Barney guitar and a sequin miniskirt that had uh, a flared tutu on the bottom. And I was, I think five going on six you know you you chose that my mom chose it for me but she knew i'd love it and i loved it <laughs> and there's photos there are there's like a photo and there's like three or four copies stacked on top of it in one of our albums because i have all the copies and it's me with that dress on as a little kid <laughs> strumming my barney banjo but i think they just knew you know um my mom was always like yes get a barbie get a um powerpuff girl thing you know my really? dad was like, yeah, my dad was always like, oh, I don't know. He wouldn't say anything like against it, but I think he was just like, oh, well, we, I don't know. Just he went with the assumption that I should be kind of straight, you know, and that she, I don't know. 
there was kind of a disconnect between my parents who are now divorced. Yeah, and I think, so my mom, when I came out, she had already been kind of hinting at me dating guys before that. So it, I was really nervous, but I just told her and she was like, okay, I'm so thankful for you telling me that. But like, we kind of already knew. And she apologized for that later because she knew that I had already been kind of hiding it or at least attempting to hide it. So she didn't want to feel like she was ripping the carpet out from under me. Like, oh, we knew and you were failing at hiding it kind of. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then when I told my father, he was like, oh, yeah. But kind of in a way that almost felt like it doesn't matter who you are, but it came off like a, I don't care at all. But it meant to oh. be like, you can be anyone. But his, the way he verbalized it was more like, whoa, that's a lot, you know, and, and hard to explain. He ended up coming around and they all, a little, my mom's more invested, I think, in my relationship with Peter and stuff and relationships ever. And my dad's just kind of not as interested, but that's sometimes the dynamic with parents. And your parents have met the other guy? So they've the not dad. met Peter, no. So or my... I, I have not met his dad. Yeah, I've met dad. his stepdad and his mom. Yes. Okay. Um, he's met my family multiple times and they've actually really come around and Andrew yeah. has been really great for, you know, them oh. getting used to what having a gay son is like and they are so they're so sweet it's just lovely we it's... go for weekend trips in montana and go skiing and visit them and they really come around have they brought up grandchildren any parents uh they have not they haven't but i your mother has definitely looked at me and we like be like we know that you guys are the first to do anything we might like, be the first to do <laughs> you know something. and that's what Catch my mom us said in five too. years with some adopted yeah. twins <laughs> really yeah both of our siblings that. are very a little bit more quiet i would say comparatively like they are not super into like dating 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 finding someone you know having this right. they're more like oh i don't need anyone right now free spirits and our parents mm -hmm. see that as oh they're not gonna have kids so they're always looking at us so you're thinking you would adopt as versus oh, yeah. surrogate yes. find a woman and a lesbian and i think so i knew do the baster i've met <laughs> well yeah i met a friend i had a friend in utah who was a gay couple and they actually did do the whole you know um insemin artificial insemination right it was really expensive and very stressful because there was a whole involvement with another person and stuff i think that there are so many kids out there that you might as well try to adopt at least as long as that if that's like the easiest option start there and then move on especially knowing because andrew's adopted mm -hmm. that's what i was getting to yeah. okay oh yeah um and i've always wanted to adopt so it just happens to really coincide with what andrew's always wanted and mm -hmm. i feel like that's oh. good to be on the same page with raising children yeah. would you want boys or girls oh, oh. it doesn't can't matter. even decide I don't know. it really doesn't matter they could be from anywhere in the oh. world like yeah they could I be think... whatever gender like yeah, I mean, there was one moment where my father, just to be frank, he did say something in the car when we were kids. He said, you know, well, well, I was already out. And he said, well, it's a real bummer. We won't get to see your genetics in a kid. And I was like, huh. That's not something we really care about. Not really something I care about. In the moment, it did hurt me, though. I was like, ooh, that was a little bit stingy. I didn't mean, I didn't, he didn't mean it that way. But he just Well, maybe was, he meant it the other way, though. More like maybe he meant really cool. he'd like to see who, would you, who you would produce. I think that, yeah. yeah. And that's always mm -hmm. the... The theme with my uh, father is misinterpretations. He, oh. he has his own way of kind of perceiving things. And oh. a lot of the world applies to his own way, kind of. <laughs> but whose dad isn't like mm -hmm. that, you know? So are you aware that where you are today is different from like my generation, for example? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would say yeah, so. Yeah, very different. And oh. yeah, I don't even, I mean, it. it's a whole new world, really. And like my hardships are very insignificant compared to a lot of the, you know, just strife that our community has been through in the past, right. but we just haven't had mm -hmm. had that personal experience. But 
we've definitely heard a lot. Yeah. I think we've kind of realized as we've gotten older, because I think when you're younger, people do, they segregate by age a lot more. Right. It's just all about like one year is such a big difference between people. But once you get to a certain point, it really doesn't matter because we're all supporting each other and we're all part of one community. Right. Um, and it's a community that's had a lot of fear in the community and a lot of loss, in right. you know, historically speaking. Um, and I think that, especially in places like Palm Springs, you feel more of the community because I right. think people are more, you know, they're more tend to come they're around They're aware each other. of it. And yeah. It's normalized. And I mean, it, we were actually saying this as we were walking around. Palm Springs feels like the world that we want to live in culturally in terms of a little oh, bit really? more balance, like mm-hmm. with huh. our community and straights. And it's like a little bit more fluidity. Because mm-hmm. I think that is the future. Yeah, it almost feels like all ages and all sexualities here in right. Palm Springs. It's kind of cool. I mean, when we went on our hike, it's just like all walks of life, you know? Oh, really? Yeah, it was pretty cool. I was like, this is... Did you hold hands on your hike? No. Oh, a few times. A few times, yeah. I get a little sweaty, so I'm like... Oh. Yeah, it was hot out there. But yeah, and we kept having to move because it was a quick moving group of people around, so... Yeah. You were trying to keep away from ahead of them or behind them or what? Both. Both. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so... And there were lots of kids. We did see some lizards too, which was fun. Cool. Yeah, some big ones. Like, I don't know, like eight inches long? Wow. Almost a foot? Yeah. That's cool. It was pretty cool. So so your friends at home, mostly gay, mostly straight, what? Or are mm-hmm. you both so involved with well, work and school? That... Yeah, I mean, I go to a school where one in five of us are LGBT. So, um, what what Seattle, school do you go to and what are you studying? Uh, Seattle U School of Law. So law school. Going to be a Very lawyer. Going to be a lawyer. All right. Excited to have law school over with and start get a paycheck again. That'll be and nice. just so everyone knows, I've been giving him, Peter, a list of things he's got to fix once he's a lawyer. Oh, yes. All the <laughs> systemic change oh, will happen. And Andrew, what about you? What are you doing? Um, in terms of friends, so that's one of the interesting things about Seattle um, is that it's been it's been kind of hard to maintain friends. I know the pandemic kind of made it a little bit weird, but I moved, moved up to Seattle and then got really close to Peter and when you start a relationship it can be hard to venture out on your own so back in the day pre-pandemic I worked in an office so those were a lot of my friends Um, and they were mostly straight men and women actually except for my bosses are usually these like kind of gay men which is the funny thing it's always the manager managers in sales yeah are always these like nice chatty personable gay men you know (laughs) yeah and then they hire all these other people but everyone's been an ally which is kind of cool i'd say that the that's cool in seattle like everyone's like oh yeah like it's like the back of their hand like gay culture like makes sense you know um when you might get pushback in utah for example right um but yeah i mean it's been interesting a lot of girlfriends i'd say um i don't know what would you say about making gay friends in seattle yeah i mean if you're not in the clique like hard to join it (laughs) it can be a little difficult what do they call that in seattle the Seattle freeze. Yep. Seattle I mean, it's freeze. everywhere, okay. no matter what mm-hmm. orientation you are. Like, there's just a general coldness in a way, which is why, like, it's so nice to come yeah. here. Like, people are just warm and friendly. And, they smile. Yeah. And they strike difference. up conversations. And I think it might be the sun, though. My theory is that people in Seattle might be, I mean, this is Vitamin generalization. D deficient? Yeah, maybe seasonally depressed. Seriously, right. you know? Well, and then, yeah, that's And they might be really there. smart and techy or whatever, but that still doesn't mean you're not going to be affected by the seasons and you know right. and then so you get these really smart people who are kind of just in a book or in in their work and then they don't socialize and then it's right. just hard to pull people out of their houses like we host things all the time and it's usually like girlfriends or wait you haven't invited me 
Oh, well, if you want, you come to Seattle. First tell Seattle. Oh, yeah. Um, well, but people, you know, a lot of people cancel on stuff. And it's, it's hard to nail people down in Seattle. Right. Agreed. Huh. Any final thoughts, words of wisdom for anybody that might be listening? Live life to the fullest. <laughs> go on vacations to Palm Springs. There you go. I'd say live a balanced life and make sure to be who you want to be because no one should judge you for who you want to be. And just... People can't see these two, but they're getting, they've gotten a tan. They've been out in the sun all week and they're sitting here in their bathing suits (laughs) doing this podcast. So thank you, boys. Thank you. Thank you, Wilkinson. You're, You're great. Likewise. By the way, I mentioned that Andrew and Peter stayed at my Airbnb in Palm Springs. If you'd like to know more, just go to www.palmspringsinterlude.com and you'll see a lot of details and a whole bunch of fun pictures.